This is the Ukrainian Podcast with Vladimir Prokhnevsky, episode number 57. Well, people say live normal. And I say normal is changing. That is normal. <laughs> you know, it is normal. I mean, look at, take a look at nature. What happens? It changes every day. You never see the same cloud in the same place. It changes. So it is our nature. Changing is something which is a natural thing happening. So it's nothing weird or something that is happening. It is just, for me at least, it's a natural thing. What makes people anxious without knowing is most of the time focusing on money. Hmm. That's true. That is fear. That's the biggest fear. And that is what people shouldn't do actually. Don't focus on it. I mean, work because you're getting paid. Don't work for free. That's not what I say. But don't work because something, someone is saying you, I'm going to pay you more or whatever. And, you know, if you don't love what you're doing, what happens at the end? Your results are, the, are, are not good. So your customer is not happy. You're not happy with the work you did. You may never show the work you did. So what is it at the end? The couple bucks you did? And they're gone? Hey, Ecomedia family, Vladimir Prognevsky here, and welcome to another weekly episode of the Ecomedia podcast. And today's guest is Abdi Shamlu. Now, I met Abdi during one of our YouTube live streams just a few weeks ago. I was hanging out in the chat room talking to people during Sergey's live presentation of our updated script called SmartRec 2.0. And Abdi got my attention. He said some very nice things about our tutorials and products. He's been following us for such a long time. And so I ended up connecting with him on Skype a few days later. And we had a great chat about motion graphics and just life in general. And honestly, I wish I recorded our first conversation because he shared so many great things from his personal life. And speaking of his personal life, his journey is very similar to what Sergey and I had to go through. Abdi is based in Switzerland, but he's originally from Iran. He moved to Switzerland as a refugee back in 1989 when he was only 13 years old. And that's how old we were when we moved to the United States in 2000 as refugees. Abdi had a lot of great things to share, everything from running a business to dealing with stress and anxiety. So without any further ado, here's my conversation with Abdi Shamlu. Enjoy. How many languages do you speak? I'm curious. Oh, well, actually, my mother language is Persian that I speak and I can write and speak. And then English is something, as you hear, the way I speak, and German <laughs> and Turkish. Thank wow, you. so four languages. Wow, well, that's interesting. my Turkish is just, uh, you know, vanishing actually over the time. But uh, as we were there, I was really good in that. So I understand a lot of it, but I can't go and communicate like, you know, real big with people and so on. Mm -hmm. No, it's interesting because you kind of have to pick one or two languages to kind of upkeep. Because you're going to forget over the... We used to... Sergey and I used to speak Spanish. We lived in Spain for like three or four summers in a row. And our Spanish, yeah. I mean, I was fluent. I understood the, the language. But over the years, dude, I completely forgot Spanish. I mean, it's just so hard to maintain so many different languages, especially, you know, learning English here in the United States. And then my parents speak Ukrainian and then, or Russian. And then my in-laws speak Ukrainian. It's just, you can only tackle so many languages at one time. So I decided, you know what? I'm just going to be really good at English. And I'm going to try yeah. to maintain my Russian. And Ukrainian is just like, well, if I have time. <laughs> That's kind of how I... The language of the world. Speaking of English, how did you learn English? I mean, you live in the country that doesn't... English well, is not actually the first language. In, uh, no, it's not. Um, well, it, it, and it wasn't actually because... I, I learned in, in, in school, actually, in, in Iran. That is where I learned English for about four years, just in the school, in the regular school. And then... As we went to Turkey, well, I, I couldn't speak Turkish. Well, the first thing that I had to do was talk in English to people for the first couple of months or year, you know, so until you learn the, the language and can speak ah, you know, okay. Turkish to them. So that was a training from, for me. And then the same thing as we came to Switzerland, that is, that was even worse because we could read the stuff, but we could understand the word. You know, German was such a new language to me that I, I couldn't really pronounce anything. And it took me four years to learn high German, what we call it, which is actually the, the, the spoken German language in Germany, because Swiss people are talking Swiss German, and that's something something totally different. Oh, it okay. is, you know, it's based on, on the same German language, but they are the words they are pronouncing 
in, in another way and they have other words for other things the grammatical stuff changes and so on so now i'm speaking both actually the high german and the swiss german really good uh, as my native actually so and english helped me a lot from the beginning so well, at the beginning when we, when we came here and luckily many people were speaking english in switzerland and after that what was good was actually as i went to different jobs i met people from turkey so i started to talk turkish to him instead of speaking german so i could train my turkey and and you know my turkish and, and don't forget all the stuff i learned over the time so which i still can do with some friends of friends of mine so they are from turkey and we speak from time to time just turkish with, with each other so it's a cool thing i love languages Except French, I don't understand French how, you know, no matter how hard I try, really. I just can't get that one. That's something out of my reach. <laughs> it's French to me, right? <laughs> it's definitely a con- <laughs> this, They say it's a, the most romantic language of the world, but man, I, I guess I don't speak it. Now, I'm curious, uh, how did you get into motion graphics and 3D your journey just coming from kind of in a way from persecution to, to come into Switzerland. Like at what point did you transition yeah. to this technological age? Well, actually that persecution was the reason why I went to computers. Well, because in Iran, I was studying biology and stuff like that. So nature and far away from computers. But in Turkey, you know, back then what we had wasn't a much. What came out as as computer device was first of all was something called TV game. I don't know if you knew that. So you had tennis to play with and you had just two strokes and the point going from left to right and you had to block the point. So it, it is not, you know, it's, it's not give, making a goal or something. So that, that was the beginning of all the things we see now on the screen moving. So you hadn't much and then after that was commodore 64 the next thing came out was uh, the very very first step of personal computing at home and so on and so forth and what those people in my opinion did wrong back then was selling the computer to the people as an entertainment device instead of a working device or something useful you know so it wasn't made for everyday stuff. It was made uh, what is PlayStation today to the youth right. was Commodore 64 to us back then. So that was the beginning of all the things. And we had a friend in Turkey. He brought one of those devices with him, a C64. And then I was sitting in the side room watching him doing an assembling and all the things. And then he typed something and pressed enter what what i know it's called enter today and the program started so some something went on the screen and then was loading and this and that and i was just fascinated by that what he did i, I went to him and asked him listen what have you done and he went like oh i'm just loading the game so we can play and i said well i don't care about the game you actually somewhat talked to that device you told him to show the game to load right. to whatever you did so you can communicate with that is that right and he said yes and that was mind-blowing actually you know so you can tell a device what to do and that, that was so new to everyone back then and no one realized actually that point everyone was waiting for the game and then I told him, listen, what, what can I tell him else? What is there? What, is that all you can do? Is that loading game? And he said, no, there are a couple commands and so on and so forth. So he went actually to the command prompt, which is which looked like DOS afterwards, and then um, typed the stuff like list and dear and stuff like that. So directory and listing stuff and naming stuff and executable what that means what is a batch file and all the things so it was based on all the things back then was basic your operating system so that was the beginning of that thing so that was where i started to realize computers will become a real part 
or a real big part of, of, of our everyday. And that fascination is what I took with me to Switzerland. And here I had a chance to buy my own C64. And as I went to the language school to learn German, there was a girl named Roma Lupenek. She was married to Steve, Stephen Fast from Canada. And Stephen was a programmer guy which was programming assembler and basic and stuff like pascal and so on and he was hired by a company here for a certain time so and uh, i had a chance to go to him every night and we went i was there till three or you know four in the morning sitting just beside him and he was just speaking english luckily so i could understand more or less what he's talking about and then he showed me a lot of things and i started to learn basic as programming language because you didn't have any visual things for computer you know there was nothing like graphics back then on, on computers or no sound and nothing i mean the first sound system came out was called adlib 8-bit sound and that was just beeping stuff so i remember um, that yeah yeah, yeah there wasn't there wasn't much out there so but it was boring. Even even you could see, you know, the fascinating part of that was you are making something that is reacting and doing what you ever put into that. So the outcome is what you put into there and the input is you and your mind. So it is coming from what you ever think about. So that was that was a cool thing about that. But it was boring. You had to type and type and type for nights for just, <laughs> you know, bringing up a question and, and having a couple answers to give the user a multiple or choice or whatever. So that became really boring over the time. And after a while, I got my hands on a computer which was called Schneider. And Schneider computers were done for calculating stuff like X and Y coordinates to write or draw actually stuff like architectural drawings or planes or blueprints or stuff like that. That was the beginning of learning how to work with X and Y. What is X and Y coordination and how that works? And there, there were you know, commands to stop it and start again and make a circle. And it was all based on mathematics. So no presets and nothing that we, we know about today. And after that while I learned Coral Draw. And there was a f- um, cool thing about Coral that happened as an accident, actually, more or less, CorelDRAW had a functionality called blending. So it literally does blending two shapes to each other. So you have a red circle, you have a blue circle, and you say blend it within 20 steps. So you have 20 circles in between of them, and it goes from red to to blue and makes a gradient kind of thing. If you do that today, you have a certain respond so you click and it is there it is done for you but back then because of the computing and and because the computer was so slow you actually saw kind of a simulation or kind of animation happening from one (laughs) point to the next one and you could you know you could draw paths to follow that and make the size different and it, it was really interesting what it did and that was the fascination of animation actually but there wasn't no way to, to animate stuff. And after a while, Flash came out and so on and so forth. So that was the beginning. <laughs> it was a long beginning. But uh, yeah, that is how I actually became to the computer, to the field of, of computers, yeah. I, I thought it was interesting because you started out pretty much kind of like programming things, right? That was your start. And exactly. out of that, you transitioned into something that's like the opposite, if you think about it, more of a creative side of things. Is it because, yes. like you said earlier, is it because it was boring commanding things? Yeah, of course. You know, you know I'm not saying that coding is boring as, as such. Coding is boring to me. I am not the person which appreciates coding. Or I have a friend of mine is system engineering. And, and he's coder and he can't deal or he can't stand Photoshop, for example. So <laughs> that, yeah, it's the other way, you know, it's just the other way around. I am a visual guy. I have to see what is happening. I, I have to see it immediately. If I'm, if I have to wait and, and see codes and lines that are telling me just nothing and, uh, 
yeah, then then it becomes really really boring to me because I don't see what I'm doing actually. What am I working on? It's like blindfolded uh, guy who is painting a car. So you don't see what you're doing. So it's just imagining is kind of a thing. So if that is bringing you to the point of satisfaction, it's uh, it's it's a, it's a question, you know. That's that was actually the point. So I, I was really the visual guy as I you know, found out for myself. And um, I appreciate coding, can do a lot of things with it, but this might be actually why I'm not that great in expressions in After Effects, for example. I'm not using them for everyday business or so. I appreciate them. They are really cool, what you can do with them and all the things. But yeah, it's a part of coding and and my brain starts to go... Weird. <laughs> it's these codes and, and digits. Because so. panic mode is like, nah, nah. Yeah, it's like, oh, wow, wow, we'll shut it down and close it. You know, <laughs> so really, don't, don't watch Lunch it. Lunch break, time out. <laughs> yeah, really. So all the creativity is just disappearing, just close up the thing. So oh, man. It's hard to get excited code. over coding. Yeah. No, I hear yeah. you. Now, when did you start making money doing uh, visual effects and everything? Like, at what when was your first gig that you just like, wow, I can make money doing this? Was there ever a point in your life uh it wasn't it wasn't i was 19 i was really young and start i found out my passion for design with with coral draw as i said so and and i really spent time to learn coral draw and was i am really good in coral today but i'm not using it after illustrator came out it was a game changer so yeah coral could um, you know for some reason, they couldn't uh, catch up with all the changes and industrial wishes what 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 Adobe did actually. And the um, creativity when I was starting making money was, I did some papers for you know I was nineteen, so people I knew were my age. So what happens in those ages? Are you are in love with someone? Your heart is broken. <laughs> I don't know stuff like that. You know, so you you are not actually in the real world making <laughs> right. your thoughts about the life as such. You are just you know high in the in, in the clouds. So a dreamer. What yeah. I was doing was yeah, it's it's a, it's a journey. It's a part of life. So it's true, right? What I was doing is creating papers that you can go and type or write your your love stories on them. So, you know, there was hearts around it and birds around it and I don't know, that kind of stuff. My my girlfriend back then was working in a barber shop and you can imagine how well I could sell this stuff when she was, a, you know, working with a with couple of women. So that was the beginning of making money, actually. Nice. So, that was then and afterwards I had the chance to work for a management company, which was actually a management company for music newcomers, mu- new music groups and so on. They were supporting them. And I had a chance to work there and creating posters and all the things they needed. And there was the moment I started to go to 3D world. And you can't imagine how expensive it became because it was nothing out there. I mean, that was 1995, not even 1993. No YouTube for, to watch tutorials, right? Nothing. None of that stuff. It was not even internet. wasn't the, wasn't the made world at all back then. It was really <laughs> nothing out there. And you know, my journey in in techniques was, was actually horrible because I started with, as I said, Commodore, and after that was a uh, DOS 3.1 the first very powerful OS at all, which you had back then before Windows 2.0 came out, which no one knows about actually today. And after that, <laughs> we came to Windows 3.0, 3.11, which was the workstation born with Windows NT for the network solutions and stuff like that. And all that things, I went through everything. So I was one of the best PC supporters back then because, you know, major companies like Walmart and so on, I mean, they were selling computers, but they couldn't fix the problem. So if, if a customer went back to them because the customers were helpless, 
You know, you had no one to ask. So they went back to the stores and the store had to send it back to the manufacturers. And it took time over six or eight weeks. You had to wait until your computer is coming back. So as I learned the stuff, how to reinstall an operating system, how to configure that actually the way they wanted to have it because they, they had troubles with loading games because of memory and so on and so forth. And then MemMaker came out with those 5.5 and then we could fix the problems with that thing. You had to learn how to edit configs and auto exact but and, and all the things to, to make it happen. So those were stuff I learned. I was really good in that. And I still am when it comes down to computer supporting and stuff like that. I am assembling my computers all by myself. I'm not going to a store and buying a computer like from a shelf or so. I just order every single part and, and do it myself really. Then wow. I know what I have. And that helped me a lot in, in the fields of graphics and stuff like that because, you know, you know what you need and you can go with a better budget and you're not spending stuff or, or money and stuff you don't need at all and, and so on and so forth. So that started all with, with all that stuff and the graphics thing was always a, a side job or just a, a thing that I did in my spare time just because of the fascination of it. And it wasn't meant to make any money with graphics at all until I was working hard, really hard for about 12 years for one of the biggest companies here in Switzerland as a technical guy, supporting first level, second level performance management and all the things. And after, after that, I, I just had enough of those people that are asking questions you don't want to hear. <laughs> and troubles they have you you would never have if they wouldn't you know after what you realize 95 percent of the troubles of the computer are sitting in front of it so <laughs> that is that is really the point you realize yeah am i really in a, in a real field and you, you see we had actually i ran with a friend of mine we ran our computer shop for three years and we won as the best computer shop in Switzerland, really. So that was really wow, great because we, we were thank you. we were really good in, in uh, telling people what they need and don't just make money because they want to buy something expensive and just send it to him and so on. I had a guy came to me with the list and he just put something together for video editing and so on and so forth. About 7,000 bucks was what he got together. And then he asked me, is that a good system? And I went like, well, for what? And he said, yeah, I want to do the video editing. And I said, well, listen, if you want to do a video editing with that system, you're going to lose, no matter how many money you're spending in that, because the configuration doesn't fit what you need. And then I made a new offer to him for about four and a half thousand with a better performance for whatever it needs and so on. And that was what amazed the people. You know, you're not just taking the money out of their pocket. Oh, 7,000, oh, of course it is a good thing, you know. So that wasn't the case. So we, we really told them what to do because you, you had literally no one to, to do so. You know, we, you have the discount stores. They are not trained. They are not any computer specialists and nothing. They can't tell you much about really what is inside, what's going on. So we were the experts there and helped them. So we ran that for three years. And after that, we realized, well, now today's youth is throwing it itself. So they are helping themselves. Today you have internet, you have access to help, you know how to fix a computer and so on and so forth. So you don't run to a store like that. You have your friends and times are changing. So we should go with the time. Otherwise, we go with the time. So that was the point. And we closed the store and then we went our own ways i went to networking and learned a lot about networking and yeah, dealing with 250 stations and uh, inst administrating networks and servers and stuff like that but by then i was actually good in graphics i started you know really early with photoshop version 5 i guess where we still didn't have no layers as such you had to save every single step you do and then there was no going back. You know, it was really horrible. Quark <laughs> Express was the next thing, and then PageMaker and all the good things. And then learning about uh, layouting and so on, color management, and what is CMYK, and, and so on and so forth. So all the technical things about coloring, 
printing actually, which is totally different than digital art on screen. So that was something else as well. You know, it's interesting as I listen to your journey and it kind of reminds me a lot of my journey because I moved to the United States when I was 12, 13 years old, somewhere in that neighborhood. And it's interesting, something that a lot of people, you know, when they tell you, when I tell my journey and they're like, wow, must have been really hard for you learning another language and adjusting to another culture and learning all these different things. But now looking back, you know, it's, it sounds like it helped you because you're really good at adjusting and changing to the times, even like with your computer shop, how you you saw that something that there's changed now. Kids are fixing their own computers. They don't need the help. So yeah. you, you adapted to other things. And it's just like, it sounds like it's the story of your life, constantly changing. Is, is change something that comes natural to you? Is it something you had to kind of over the years learn <laughs> how to change and adapt? Uh, of course, change. You know, I say, what well, people say, live normal. And I say normal is changing. That is normal. <laughs> you know, it is normal. I mean, look at, take a look at nature. What happens? It changes every day. You never see the same cloud in the same place. It changes. So it is our nature. It's changing is something which is a natural thing happening. So it's nothing weird or something that is happening. It is just, for me at least, it's a natural thing. So even today, I mean, I started to run uh, my company and creating 3D and regular design for like, you know, logo design. We do posters, flyers, all the good things. We do label designs for covers and so on and so forth, a couple of things. But the more I think about it, the less I am willing to do so because having your own company and having the idea of being unemployed is a cool thing, but you're going to ruin it by going and searching for customers again, because then you do the same thing, just with more stress and, and it is called for yourself, but then your risks are much more. Because what do you do is what everyone else is doing already for much more years in the field than you are. So if I go to a new customer in my city and I'm talking to them and I want to get them as a new customer, what happens is they have already someone doing the stuff for them. What I can do is impress with my quality and with my prices, which should be lower than those prices they are paying, or my work should be much, much higher in, in, in the level of quality than those are delivering already. So I can say, listen, come to me and I will do the job for you. Well, that's the first part. The next thing is trusting. I can tell whatever I want to tell. And they may not trust me because they don't know me. I'm new. So I have to prove myself for every single client I'm trying to win. How do you prove yourself though? Is there a process? Well, I stopped do do? to do so. Hmm, I stopped doing that. So what I thought was that is a fight. You know, how do you do that? I mean, you go with your work, you show your work, you try to, to talk to people why you are doing that and, you know, just being confident of what you're delivering and, and telling them who you are. This is how you try to, to win the people. But after a while, you realize, okay, is that the right thing that I'm doing? Is that really that what I want to do? Is that still going out and coming from being actually free of being an employee to being unemployed or, or self-employed and then being a kind of a slavery chain again, going and work for someone else because you need the money in that way. So then I thought, okay, what happens is we have all those graphic designers out there that are doing the job for the customers that I had to go and steal from them, right? So or win for me, to say it in a normal way. But what if I go and deliver them the tools they need? Then I don't need the customers, and I don't need the work, what they have to do. I'll give him the tool that they need to create what they have to create. So in this way, I'm going to reach everyone, actually, at the end. Whatever project is done, it could be done without tools. So that was the second story, which is 
bringing us to the shop we are making up actually we are ready to well, we are making it ready and then we will release sooner or later and then you have 3d models and you have cut out images you have stuff that helps graphics designer to save time and create something cool you know i see so this is something we are thinking about as well and if you want to have people selling their own stuff in our shop that is the next thing we're thinking about but if we do so we're going to do it in a way that is not hurting the artist it should help to grow and, and make a, make a life no for sure now something else you were you were talking about you were talking about just the anxiety or just stress just dealing with customers how do you deal with stress and anxiety do you have a method or i don't know what what can one do in this 21st century now with technology and everything around you is is there a good method to that madness like dealing with stress and anxiety yes keep yourself away from it <laughs> what's one advice would you give to someone who is stressed out and anxious um nature mm. go and take a walk in the woods and don't think about anything but being just be that's you know you don't you don't have to do and and make stuff all the time don't be scared of those empty moments those are helping you to calm down you know you can't change stuff that you can't change you know so you, you can't you can go st be stressed about stuff you can't change some and like it's raining yeah okay it, it is stressing you you can go and swear that it's raining but it will not stop so go and enjoy it find a way to enjoy that hmm. because you can't not change it so why are you angry at it? If you, if, you, if you cannot change it, don't be angry at it. So that will not stress you. If your work is computers, if you are always in front of your computer and so on and so forth, go away. Just walk away for an hour maybe. Shouldn't be the whole day. Just, you know, walk three blocks and then come back. Go to some fresh air or whatever. And don't think about anything. Just... Let stuff go down and, and watch other people walking around, enjoy the birds singing. We are missing so many things because we are supposed to them. You know, we are, it's just you don't realize that the life is actually happening around you and you're part That's of so it. true. You know, it is just singing people, singing birds, uh, the wind and, you know, all the things you don't hear them anymore. You're in a big city. How many cars do you hear honing? You know, that's one or two, but there are so many. But if you go just look at the look out from, from your window and just for a moment, don't think about your stuff. Just go and realize what is around you. You'll see life, and that calms you down. What you need is being alive. Don't exist. Leave. You know, that is... The difference a piece of stone that stick you know, that is existing but you're alive so live your life and you know feel it i love how you said uh you know you kind of forget what's around you it's kind of like you know when you buy a, a car or whatever something new the first that honeymoon period where you're like oh my gosh this is so awesome like for example i bought a car and i remember thinking like this is so great wow this car is amazing but then like after a month or two, you stop noticing that car anymore. It's like at first mm -hmm. when you buy a car, like you start seeing other cars the same way, like the, the car that you bought, like, oh, I start, you start noticing the same car everywhere else. Like, wow. Exactly. Yeah. everyone. But then after a while, then you, you what you're around, you start taking for granted mm -hmm. just a little bit every single day. And the same thing with friendships, like spouses, people when they're dating, there's this excitement when you get married, when life happens. They start taking yeah. each other a little bit for granted. And I think just in general, there's always something to, to take a step back and enjoy and appreciate. And when you're always problem solving, like in our field, we're always trying to solve problems. When you're so problem solving oriented, you stop, you start notice, stop noticing your environment in a way. And you, you're always yeah. like thinking about the problems. And that's something that, especially being a business owner, that's something that I'm, sometimes it's good to just take the rest of the afternoon off and just go and play in nature and enjoy your kids and just be outside and live. Like you said, just live. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you're not, you're not leaving to work. You're working to leave. Right. Uh, so well said. I like that. That's actually what it is. It is 
making your your dreams come true and that doesn't mean that the dreams aren't a part of your life i mean mm. you want to make a better life this is always what the people you know you hear people saying i want to make a better life but then afterwards just to forget to leave this life so ah, it's just yeah. kind of a kind of a thing you know oh, i am stressed i am these i am that you see that is the next thing i, I say if, if i have an advice for someone it is just Learn to say no. Mm, that's a big one. <laughs> you know, you are trained to say yes from the beginning, right from the beginning. It is always saying yes because you want stuff. You're a child. You want to get stuff. You want to have stuff. So you always say yes to everything coming towards you. Well, you're trained to that. But stop that. At some point, you should say no and realize if I say yes to something, I automatically have to say no to something else because the amount of time I have will be the same in both situations. So when I do that, I can't do the other thing. So what's worth it to say yes to? And if you say no, you have a better chance to do what you love to do than saying yes to everything and giving your love a chance to pass by. <laughs> no, and you know, as a business owner, sometimes it's hard to say no, especially because when you don't know how the next month is going to look. So you try to just say, even if it's, you know, it's a little bit under the budget that you prefer or whatever. And th there's this pressure to just, just take it while you have it. What if next month it won't be there? You know, and so there's that pressure too, you know, to, to constantly feel like you have to say yes. Through how many of those what ifs did you went already? <laughs> yeah, then you like and struggle in the next month you see so maybe you don't if you say no to something you never tried so you say it is hard yeah because you never tried mm. that makes it harder give it a chance and see what happens see the other side of it and see if you're right prove it to yourself I'm not talking for everyone you know I'm not living everyone's life but right. I learned over the time that I have to learn to say no to something that I really don't want to do. And, you know, the money is a, is a really cool thing. I don't say no to money or whatever, but I'm, you know, I work because I'm getting paid, but I'm not working for money. So it's not like it is something I don't want to do and you gave me a million dollars, maybe, well, okay, a million we can talk about now. But I say... Really, if it is something I don't want to do because of whatever reason, then I don't do that. Uh, and the money is then the secondary thing for me. You know, it's not just the first choice. Oh, yeah, because I can make so much money and then I can do that and I will do that. And I say, no, you know, we did low budget stuff rather than high budget. And we helped other artists to grow up with, with our low budget project, uh, product, projects that we worked on. And then that was more fun and much more success for us than, than having a big one and working for a year on that thing alone and having ungrateful customers yeah, yelling at you all the time and they don't actually know what they want, but they, they are blaming you as, as an artist that you don't know your job and so on and so forth. So we all have been there. So there are a couple of things. And that, that brought me to a point that I say, well, I don't want to do everything. You know, I do jobs. I, I do decide what I want to do, but I, I'm not going to do political stuff, for example. So, you know, taking part for that guy or for that or whatever, I'm not doing that. I'm not going to hmm. kind of that things, you know, and I'm not going to a society stuff that is bothering whatever people, you know, so I'm not going to, do something against doctors, something against mechanics, something, you know, whatever prot uh, protests are out there and so on. So I want to do good things. I want to be a part of good stuff happening on this planet and not just focusing on, on all of those negativity that is around us, sure. which is actually chances. less than all those positive, positive energy that we have. We're just focusing on the wrong thing. 
No, I, I like how you said that. I mean, in a way, you, that's how you can sleep well at night, knowing that your conscious is clean. You're not doing anything that's affecting the society in a negative way. You're doing things that you love, and if you love what you do, you'll never work another day, right? Isn't that what they say? Yeah, sure. <laughs> and yeah, I'll give you a quick example. I, I uh, you know, we're talking about the projects. You know, when you work for yourself, like you were, you know, we're talking earlier, you do have this pressure to always say yes because you don't know what the next month is going to be. And I do feel like you do have to follow your gut. And like last couple of weeks ago, I had someone reach out to me. Hey, you want to pick up this project? And it's a project they didn't want. And I know it was just, it's just a pain in the butt. And out of the fear, I, I wanted to say yes so much. I remember I kept thinking about it for like a couple of days, but I'm glad I said no. And now thinking about it, like, man, this would have added so much stress to my life because something else came through. There's other things. I, I do think you just got to, is it fear driven? You know, if it's, if you're operating out of fear, you're already in the, in the wrong place. If there's fear, yeah. it, if you're like, oh, scarcity, fear, then you're already doing some, somewhere, something is off somewhere. You know what makes you, what makes people anxious without knowing is most of the time focusing on money. Hmm. That's true. That is fear. It's the biggest fear. And that is what people shouldn't do, actually. Don't focus on it. I mean, work because you're getting paid. Don't work for free. That's not what I say. But don't work because something, someone is saying you, I'm going to pay you more or whatever. And, you know, if you don't love what you're doing, what happens at the end? Your results are, are, are not good. So your customer is not happy. You're not happy with the work you did. You may never show the work you did. So what is it at the end? The couple bucks you did and their gun? And stress yeah, and, and health. And the stress you had, the, you know, the angry wife you had, the kids you yeah. couldn't see, the, the friends you nights. had to say no. Yeah, you see? All the things, you just say no to them, to all of them, and to the money. Okay, it's a side effect. But it's not all from, you know, the money is not... Money is not disappearing. It's just in someone else's pocket. So it will come back to you. Okay? Money is not water that, that is just vanishing away and you never see it again. It is going in a circle. So it is always around, not always in your pocket. Okay? So find a way where it is, where you can get it and make it come to your pocket. That is what we do. That is business. Busyness. So we are busy <laughs> to do that. You see? So... That is making money, but you don't, you shouldn't be scared of, okay, this month I didn't make so much, but am I living alone in this planet? Do I have a support? Is someone there who can help me? Is, is something I can do to avoid that situation next time? You're learning constantly. So, you know, you will have harder times, of course, but rather having those harder times because of not having money by saying no to someone I didn't love, then having the hard times by saying something yes to something I don't love and living with the stress and, and killing my health, family, everything. my friendships and everything and risk everything I have just for, for a couple of thousand bucks. No, and that's the struggle and it's real. And that's why you mentioned to have a support system. Yeah, that's why we started Ucre Media Community on Facebook. That's why we have like we're almost 3,000 people in the group where can, people can jump in and help you. That's why the podcast is trying to prevent you from making those mistakes. And when you're stressed out and you're anxious, I said, like you said, thinking about money and worrying about how you're going to pay rent because you know you didn't bring enough or something like that. It only hinders, not only, like you said, health and sleepless nights and terrible relationships and all these other things, but it also, you can't think well. And we're, as creatives... You got to be relaxed when you, you are the most creative when you're relaxed and stress and anxiety, yes. it just, it limits your brain, your creativity to such a small amount. Like you can't come, it's like you're putting yourself in the corner. Like I can, I, there's never a time where I came up with this brilliant idea when I was so stressed and anxious and overwhelmed. It was always when I was relaxed, like showers, you know, yes. why do we get the best ideas in the shower? Because we're relaxed no. in the shower, right? <laughs> yeah, most relaxed there, yeah. No, but that's, that's what I'm <laughs> that's learning because in this journey, that's especially being a business owner, I'm learning that I think the first year in your business, you learn to, to stop fear, stop operating out of fear and have faith that, look, I made it last month, the month before and the one before that one and start having some kind of systems in place because mm -hmm. I think great designers and 
people they have a good system for good uh i don't know for good deliverance and it's kind of like a, you know in we have american football here there's a kicker who kick, can kick a field goal right and it, so what if you have a kicker who can kick from 60 yards out if if he's not consistent so find a, a system where you're consistently delivering good stuff and have trust and faith in that system that it will deliver you every time you know and and that exactly. takes away fear that takes away educate your clients how you operate. There's a system, there's a pattern to your madness. So that way it takes away that fear and anxiety. So anyway, first year in business, that's, that's what I'm learning is dealing with yourself, with your worst fears. How was your first year in business? Well, learning a lot about trusting people. Trusting people. be always the right thing. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, it, it always starts with friendships, ends in, uh, in the wrong way, maybe when it comes down to business and stuff. The first one and a half years were more or less kind of struggling and see what, what's going on. And I was working with wrong people actually together. Not that they are wrong people as such. It was the wrong thing for me to do with them what they wanted to do. So... And the deals they made was, you know, they will always get paid after the project was done. But my work was done really at the first, very first stage. But I still had to wait a year to get paid because the project was going so long. You know, so that kind of stuff was actually, yeah, damaging your own business. So you, your help, you know, I always say I'm ready to help other people making their own businesses. But that doesn't mean that it should damage my business. Right. What good does it do, right? That, that's not a help. So who is helping who now? So <laughs> what, what, what is the meaning of helping? Um, and if I, if I got damaged by helping one person, so I can't help any more anyone else. So I should stay alive to be able to help. So that thing's, yeah, well, stuff you, you learn over the time, actually. What? you're talking to what are you hearing is not always what, what will happen so it's just kind of the thing you know so empty words and then um, yeah over the time you, you learn how to filter that and how to avoid such uh, stories and that is actually how you grow up in, in the business and yeah again learning to say no to that guys that you don't trust, you don't think that is the right thing. You know, as, as soon as I feel, hmm, sometime might be no good, I'm going to try to clarify that and see what kind of responses I'm getting. And uh, if I'm not happy with the, with the end answers, results, or transparency of that, what I should see, then uh, I deny and say no. You know, we're talking about just the negative things. I'm curious. I usually ask, so there's two questions I ask all, all pretty much all of the people that come on the show. And the first one is, you know, I want people to share the worst moment in their field. And, and the second one is the best. Now I want to start with the worst. I would love to hear what's your worst experience, or I guess the worst story in, in this creative journey for you. That was probably in 2000. Well, we had our computer shop and beside that I was doing graphic stuff for clients such as uh, flash web pages and we did a couple of them and those were really intense work so flash and programming and coding oh, yeah. you know my story about coding and stuff so that was a pain for me really to bring it to that level and stage that I wanted and we did a good job actually with, with flash websites and one day i lost three hard drives with all the data on it ouch yeah with no turning back again every single flash project was gone every single home page was gone all the resources data's everything was gone oh that sounds painful and it Still hurts today. Right? <laughs> I'm bringing <laughs> back really, those memories. That was that was horrible, and I mean, you can imagine that as a computer technician, you try everything to bring them back. It didn't work. There were three hard drives from the same manufacturer from the same series, and they went off altogether. 
eure Fassade. Oh, man. Bam, da war sie. And replacing the whole electronics for that and recovering the data with cost as about 30,000 for each MB that would bring back or something. Yeah, it was impossible to pay. So we would need literally half a million or something to bring that. It wasn't worth it. So we didn't have so many, you know, if you go and see what you made out of that and what it's worth and, and yeah didn't work so we lost that no, i lost all, all the data and uh, the worst thing was uh, all the you know the things you, you your assets were gone you know it's not only the client work it's, it was everything it's just everything was just imagine and that was the moment i i learned about backups <laughs> hard lesson do huh? your backups <laughs> do that go and spend to nas and do that now, how did the clients take the news when you told them that, look, all your sites are gone? What did they say? Well, you know, the clients, they were paying us after the work were done. And, uh, well, they had more or less to accept that that project will not be the same anymore. So you cannot go and recreate the exact same thing. That's it's kind of important. You know? you know, it was just not like a flash like okay i have a square here and, and the circle there and, and then i can move it was really intense and doing all the things again that, that was kind of an impossible thing to achieve and, and you know you have you had tricks to to avoid some stuff you couldn't remember how you do that properly actually in the last thing so yeah you went through a couple things and uh, those which which were finish well they had to pay anyways we didn't have the raw data to deliver we had just to deliver the, the finished website and then um, yeah that was it so wow hard lesson the customers wasn't yeah that was that was a hard lesson for us well as, as i said the assets were actually the most important thing that were gone i mean all the audio files everything everything just literally everything everything was gone Oh man, I'm, I feel like I relived it with you. I, I was anxious <laughs> just thinking about because I have a hard drive here that I have literally like all the, I have footage from 2005. I keep, I recorded a lot, quite a bit of my family. I have like archives and archives, hundreds of hours, yeah. you know, and uh, I don't have it backed up. And as you were sharing this, I was like, I should probably look into something, <laughs> back this stuff up. Oh, sure. You really should, really. Because those are priceless. You, those are moments for kids. You know? regretting is not bringing them back uh, no way it's just you know you you will you will hate yourself literally i tell you it's just sitting down and, and thinking about how stupid how i've been and and i let it go and you know that was that was my thought i was sitting there and said oh man how can you be that you're a technician <laughs> how couldn't you think about that i mean you are telling every single customer do your backup and you yourself, you didn't. Who's to blame? <laughs> I mean, that that's a hard time. You know, you have to deal with yourself. You can lie yourself to yourself. It's, it's just a, that's a headache. Oh, sleepless man. nights. I tell you, that's sweating. <laughs> that wasn't Beating good. yourself up for that it. Wasn't yeah. good. That was really one of the horror stories in my life. <laughs> well, let's hope that it hasn't happened since, nothing like that happened since then, right? No, 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 no. After then, well, I, I lost a couple of CDs with, uh, you know, some backups on it and so on. Back nothing then, we major. didn't have any, any kind of, no, no, no. But I, I still have, today I have a couple of things I should go and back up. <laughs> but, you know, since we have cloud and stuff like that, right, so you're not that anxious about that things. But uh, still, yeah, well, there are other stories about clouds, but yeah. Now, let's transition to something positive now. Let's talk about your best project that you worked on, something that you enjoyed the most. Well, there are a couple. Actually, I love each project I'm working on, to be honest. But the best, what is, I, I can't call it best myself. I can say the most enjoyable thing were the music videos I created for, for some newcomers and musicians and uh, Mike Sell from Land of ADM is one of them. Nice. He's doing uh, great stuff, really. He's really doing great, great music. And I did music video for him for one of his titles called Nation of Love. And uh, yeah, if you Google that from Mike Sell, Nation of Love, you will see the video clip is what I did with help of 
Element 3D. It's a fully 3D animated thing, kind of uh, mixed with dancers, which we filmed on a green screen and then cut them out. And you don't see them as such, you just see the, the silhouettes and shadows and stuff. But yeah. Sweet. How long did it take you to do that? To work on. Oh, that was, that was pretty intense work, actually. It, it took us half a year for sure. A year? Because, you know, he was, uh, we, we were communicating over Skype. And, and at that time, he was working in Saudi Arabia for a company and for a client's project. And then uh, we had just to communicate over Google and show him what I'm doing. He was actually, you know, screen sharing and stuff. He was acting live, actually, with whatever I was working on. So he was a big part of that thing and told me what he liked and what he didn't and so on and so forth. And that was a really, really close work. And we are still really good friends. He's today a partner of uh, AS Art in, in US. So that's our relationship, which is going on, which went to a really good friendship. And we still do projects together. I'm going to do the, his next projects and videos. I'm going to help him to create some cool stuff. Gotcha. And last question, what advice would you give to someone who, let's say, who is in uh, either high school or college and they're uh, about to graduate and they want to get into your field? What, what, what kind of advice would you give to that person? Well, I think most of them will go and look for a job, right? So they're going to try to find a job in, in motion graphics, 3D or graphics as such, whatever field they want to go to. But I think the most important thing they should know is uh, what they want to become or what they want to be. Is that being a generalist or being a specialist? Because this is making them the life easier to, to go and make a decision for where and to which or what kind of companies they want to go and, and uh, submit for a job. Yeah, so, you know, if, if you're a generalist, you do, as you know, many things so you do you switch between 3d motion graphics regular design logo design whatever and even in 3d there are special fields like texturing rigging animating and so on and so forth so if you want to do all that things because you are passionate you are you're kind of guy that is happy with doing different stuff instead of just working in Photoshop and removing acne from, from, from faces or retouching pictures or whatever, then you better go to a smaller company maybe, which are in need of that kind of people. And they are happy to have you because you do a, a couple things for, for the same money, right? So, and if you're a specialist, like you go in, let's say in 3D field, you, you are a modeler or you're your texture guy or you're a rigging guy, then, then you you just know that thing, but you know that into the essence. So you know that really you are really specialized in modeling stuff. So it doesn't matter what it is you have to model, you can do it. And it is what you do. You don't go for textures, you don't go for rigs, you don't go for animating. Even you can animate that there is no job in that company for you because there is another division doing that. So companies like ILM or the big companies like MPC, they're all acting like this. They have divisions like we have a modeler, we have lightning or lighting people, we have people for texturing, we have people for animation and so on. And each of them is a specialist in, in his field and is doing only that. So if you can animate and you are a good modeler, you can't go and switch between those projects because your job in that company would be to model the stuff. So if you finish one model, the next one is waiting. So that kind of things is what they should be aware of. So what am I, what, what do I want to do? Is that, uh, you know, so that makes the life maybe easier. And um, yeah. Great questions to ask. I appreciate it. Well, Abdi, thank you so much for your time. I, I took you over an hour, so I'm, I better wrap it up now. But thank you so much for your time. And I'm looking forward to possibly meeting you in the future. Maybe one day we'll, uh, we'll be in Europe and we'll run into each other. That'll be awesome. Well, thank you, too. That was me an honor and a pleasure. And thanks for having me on your show. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, please feel free to share it on social media. 
I'd also be very grateful if you could rate, review, and subscribe to our Ucomedia podcast on iTunes. It will only take you a few minutes, but it will help a lot in ranking the show. And it will also help other creatives discover this podcast. So huge thank you in advance. And if you have any comments or questions, feel free to email me at vladimir at ucromedia.com. And definitely check out our courses and products at ucromedia.com slash shop. As always, don't forget to join our online mentoring group on Facebook at ucromedia.com slash community. We have well over 2,500 people in this group. It is a great online resource for those of you trying to grow, and it's absolutely free. Thank you so much for joining me on the journey of this podcast. I appreciate you, and I look forward to serving you in the next episode of the Ucromedia Podcast. Bye-bye.